0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, Trace Bell. I think you're going to love him, and I'm going to explain in one sec a little bit more about him and why he's here today. And before I do that, I just have a couple of announcements. So number one, the enrollment for Flow 365 closed a few weeks ago, actually. And we started, we had our first retreat. It was wonderful. It's so amazing to see everyone's goals. And I know there are people listening who are like, oh my God, I totally missed it. It was the end of summer or just were on the fence and you couldn't swing it right now. And maybe you're thinking about doing it in 2022. And I just don't want to leave anyone hanging around fall goals. So, Enrollment is closed for Flow 365, but I wanted to open up just some 90-minute workshops where we go through creating your 90-day plan. You know, it's not going to at all be in the level of detail of Flow 365, but I think it's going to be amazing, and it will really get you set up for this fall season and feeling like you're, you know, re-entering the world in our New state. It's a little, it's different than last fall. We still have COVID around, but it's definitely different than last fall. And I think we really have an opportunity to show up um, in a way that's really in alignment with ourselves and with our dreams. And that's what this workshop is going to be about. It's going to be about showing up in a balanced way with balanced goals this fall. So if you want in on that, I'm at this point, running it at two times, we're going to keep the group small so there's time for feedback. There's going to be one on Tuesday, September 7th in the evening Eastern time and one on Friday, September 10th, midday Eastern time. So you can go to the Plan Simple website, plansimple.com, and at the top, you'll see links to both of those and grab your spot. I think we're going to limit it to 10 or 12. So that is the plan for that. Then we also have a free workshop next week, which is gonna be a little bit different in flavor. Our free workshops are bigger. They're really me teaching. It's less about getting feedback, whereas the planning ones are definitely about about feedback. And it's gonna be on a little bit of a different topic. So next Wednesday, September 8th, we are having a workshop on creating your team. So you may have heard from, you are the um, sum of the three or four people you spend the most time with. And I feel like that's a lot of pressure for a lot of us because those three or four people might be our spouse and our kids. But it's really worth thinking about who's in your circle, who's on your team, what you're needing from people, um, what you're needing to show up to your best life, what this looks like. And I actually think it's a really good exercise to also think about for our kids. So we are going to have a 90-minute workshop on Wednesday the 8th where we really go through doing this for you so that by the end of the workshop you have this map and this understanding of you know what your circle looks like now And also what you want it to look like and and how to get there and why you might want it to look a little bit different than it does. So we're going to go through all of that in this 90-day workshop. It's really about creating your tribe and getting supported in a way that will help you move toward your dreams this fall and will help you feel supported and not always in overwhelm. That's the point of this workshop. All right, so you can go find out about that as well over on plansimple.com. There should be a clear link at the top with how to sign up for that. And I'm super excited um, to be doing that. If you ever, you know, don't see something, definitely the other place to check it out is Instagram, over on Instagram. Um, we will have link, there's a link in our bio to all current events. So if you go find plansimple.co on Instagram, and click on the one link that you're allowed on Instagram, you get to a page that has all the links that um, of upcoming events and current things that are happening. All right. And last, but certainly not least, just a slightly bigger investment than the other two, one of which is free. um, We are going to be offering a course we haven't done a six-week course in a long time because Flow 365 is 90 days or a year, um, but we are offering a six-week course, which is diving deep into one of the areas of flow, which is motherhood. And I've just noticed that because motherhood has was really stretched for a lot of us in the past 18 months, I mean, we were taking on things that we couldn't imagine that we were taking going to take on in a year. Um, It's just time to land back into what we want motherhood to look like and, you know, work through maybe some issues or concerns that we're having in a really loving, contained group with an expert that you don't want to miss. So it's going to be me. I'm going to be there, but I'm partnering with the amazing Sil Reynolds, who is I don't know. Let's call her the village elder. She's just mentored so many mothers and like thousands of mothers over the years. And she just really knows what she's talking about. And she's raised an amazing girl who's been on this podcast, Eliza. So you just, you're going to want to come learn from her too. And so it's called easeful motherhood. It's six weeks and we're starting soon. So again, go to plansimple.com check that out, see if it's something that resonates with you. Most of these things, except for the free workshop, we are going to cap enrollment just because I'm really into the idea that we're a group of people supporting each other right now. Flow 365 is just such a supportive group and I never want to create anything that's not that trusting and nurturing for women. So it is in our advantage to go check it out. And if it resonates, make a choice and decide you're going to do it. If it doesn't resonate, make a choice and decide you're not going to do it. And please don't let it weigh over you. Um, If you have questions and you need help making the choice, just reach out to us via email and you can do that straight from our site too. All right. I think that's a lot of announcements. There's a there's some stuff going on right now. It's fall. Fall just really kicks up my desire to teach. Hopefully it kicks up your desire to learn. Um, It definitely kicks up my desire to learn. I feel like I'm also learning a lot right now too. And I'm just, I'm so excited for everything that's coming up in September as my three kiddos are all going back to school, which is so exciting. So exciting. All right. Trace Bell. So Trace is, first of all, he's a guy, and we don't have very many guys on the show. (laughs) But second of all, he is just a couple years out of college, so he's a young guy. He's not a parent yet. And he is the son of somebody who I definitely call a mentor. Now, it's interesting because you know, a few episodes ago, we had on Syl, the, the woman, the amazing Syl, who I'm teaching ease motherhood with. We had her daughter, Eliza, on, who's up to amazing things for parents. If you haven't checked that out, you should definitely go check it out. She's up to amazing things um, for teen girls, actually for teen and tween girls. So if you're a parent of a teen or tween girl, you got to go listen to her episode. And it's cool to have two kids on in a row of people who I consider... Just really important mentors in my life. Now, Eliza's mom, Sil, I know really well. I've worked with her super closely over the past year. Um, you know, we we talk all the time. And Trace, Trace's dad, Rob Bell, is somebody who I consider a mentor, but from a distance, I have listened to his podcast probably for I don't know however long he's been having it-like five years. My amazing friend Kate introduced me to him many years ago. And I just love hearing what he has to say. It was really hearing to hear his viewpoint on spirituality as I was trying to figure out how I wanted to pass on spirituality to my kids. So it's really cool to be hearing from his kid about how to teach our kids about spirituality. And one of the other things, I love that these two um, you know, kids of my mentors are doing these amazing things essentially for parents. And I also love seeing what amazing parenting, the result of it, because I think both Trace and Eliza are such good examples of what happens when we do this work as parents. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just really cool from all the different angles, and I hope it's, it's inspiring to you. So I asked Trace on, because he is teaching these courses right now, um, to parents about how to raise spiritual kids. And given knowing his dad, I just thought it would be really cool to have him here. And then because I am a listener of the Rob Bell podcast, or the I think it's called the Robcast, um, I had heard him on a number of podcasts, and he has all these amazing insights as well on time. So we talk parenting, we talk time, we talk about what it's like to be the son of Rob Bell, Um, We cover a lot of ground here and he was super patient and stayed on. So this is kind of a long episode and I'm just so excited, so excited for you to hear it. And I'm going to let him, he'll tell you all about himself and he'll also tell you how to get in touch with him um, toward the end of the podcast. But this is a really great one and I'm super excited to get Trace on the show. So with no further ado, let's, let's welcome him. Hello, Trace. I almost feel like I have to say hello, Trace Bell. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Welcome to the Plant Simple Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mia. And I always really loved the name Trace Bell. Um, I've always just thought that was like my parents did. it. My my actual name is Robert Holmes Bell and I'm Trace because I'm the third Robert Holmes Bell. So my dad is Robert Holmes Bell. My grandpa is Robert Holmes Bell and Trace was a nickname because Trace is three in Spanish, but it's T-R-A-C-E. It's like, so it's like the American way of Trace. But yeah. I've always, I always, I have a really corny joke. I'm always like, I love the name Trace Bell. It has a nice ring to it. And everyone always uh, groans like, oh my God, it's so corny. But yeah, I, so I like Trace Bell better than Trace.
0: <laughs> awesome. Oh, and I'm so excited to have you here. And um, so Trace is the son of Rob Bell, who yep. I have talked about on this podcast before. He's been an important um, teacher in my life and in the re- in recent months, I've actually got to learn with him in person, which has been so fun. So um, we are going to talk about a bunch of things today, but we're going to start with some of Trace's work, which he's been doing lately, which I'm fascinated by, um, which is you've been teaching parents how to teach their kids about spirituality, which is just so, so cool um, because you're not like, you're not, you're not a parent yet. You've just graduated (laughs) from college, right?
1: Yes. So uh, my dad gave me, my dad gave me this idea to do a course called how to talk to your kids about spirituality back in the fall. Um, Because we were, we were talking and I was talking about my own spiritual journey. And I was talking about what, you know, the, the, the amazing things that my parents did and the environment that they created um, that really helped me grow and explore spiritually. Uh, And my dad was like, you know, this would be a great, you know, course and talk you could do for parents because like parents would love this um and it just was like totally just it, it felt so aligned i was like what a what a fantastic opportunity i could have here um where i could i mean i grew up in this this spiritual household with my father being a you know spiritual teacher um i had this um i had this spiritual journey that was that was influenced by growing up in that household and my parents did so many things that that helped me and my parents created this environment um that was so beneficial for me i was like people would a lot of parents um, or have this, a lot of parents have this unique challenge where they are, um, undoing, uh, they're undoing their upbringing. Um, and the thing that they were brought up in they were, a lot of parents I work with are brought up in some sort of strict rigid structure that felt kind of confining. It was usually like a strict religious structure. Um, and they, they have this unique challenge where they're undoing that structure and some of the baggage associated with that. Um, and they're also, uh, learning how to, they're trying to figure out how to parent differently and parent and give their kids something. Cause you you like spiritually, you want to give your kids something. You don't, if, if, if you're not giving your kid any sort of sense of spirituality, um, it can feel, you know, a world without spirituality feels very kind of hollow and empty. So parents like feel this, like they don't want to give their kid the same thing that they came up in, but they also, um, want to give their kids something. And I was like, um, what a per and a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of parents that, that are uh, listening to my dad or a fan of my dad. And so I just, I, it felt like a perfect opportunity for me to get to share my story, share my experience, honor and acknowledge my parents. Cause I, my parents did an incredible job, um, creating a, a an environment that allowed me to, to flourish and have my own spiritual journey. Um, and, and get, be able to give my thoughts about, about, you know, what I think works. So it was like, and then also it's like, um, me being younger, does it actually works to my advantage? Because it was like I'm I'm recently coming, you know, out of that <laughs> environment that my parents created. So it just felt like it, it felt this whole talk felt like so, so kind of sort of like seamless, and it felt like so many things aligned. Um, and then I just loved helping parents because parents come to me with like they're so they're so engaged, and they have such great questions. It's like parents you know love their kids so much that they come um, they come to me and they come to the the, the talks I've been giving with such um, such a level of engagement. That's really inspiring. And they, they ask amazing questions and they, um, and they, they, they really, it's just really inspiring to work with people that really want to, you know, create, uh, give their kids something that's really going to help them and, and, um, sort of create, uh, create a better environment for them.
0: Well, I just think it's so fascinating that, and I can't wait to hear like some of the nuggets of how, what you think, that some of the tricks are in order to give this to our kids. But will you quickly just give like the 32nd version of who your dad is? Because I find it's fascinating that it's your dad who gave you so much freedom because I'm not sure that everyone would have imagined that someone with his story, like you would have so much freedom if that makes sense. Cause it's his life, right?
1: Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. So my dad is a, a spiritual teacher, teacher, author, um, artist, uh, creative, uh, he does a lot of things he's wrote. So he, he's written a lot of um, he, he's best known for his books um, and his, his touring and his, his speaking. He's an incredible speaker. Um, and his, his fame, his most famous book is uh the 2011 book, Love Wins, which kind of caused a national kind of outrage and, and religious holy war, because he, he claimed in that book that there was a uh, hell wasn't an actual physical place it was a uh state of being that we create here on earth which to me doesn't feel like that crazy of an idea but apparently to a lot of people that was like really kind of rocked their worlds um and 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 he's i mean he's he's writing plays now um he's wrote tv scripts movie scripts um he's a yeah spiritual teacher and 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 creative um and a lot of people know him for his his books uh in the in the past yeah
0: and then, but before that, and, and when you were, were you born when he was still a pastor?
1: Yes, yes. And he was a, so he, and he started, a, he was a pastor when I, in the first part of my life and started a mega church in Grand Rapids called Mars yes. Hill.
0: So I, I find that that, that's the piece of it, Cause I knew that you were born into that. So I was, I just think that that's so cool that somebody who, I mean, I know that his work has gone so beyond that. And probably he has many opinions about that piece of his own life but it's just really cool that that story, you know, created you with so much freedom. So tell us a little bit about like some of the things that you really appreciate or that you you're noticing even in conversations with parents. I mean, we can go either way, but that you really think are, are cornerstones to raising kids who have a spiritual connection when, you know, some, I guess, I mean, I just feel like a lot of people don't have a church or like or a synagogue or you know a place that they're actually going for spirituality. I know that some of our listeners do, but not everybody does. So I don't know. I don't know if you like differentiate that those two groups. Um, But what are just some of the things that you've learned?
1: Yeah. um, So I think the the starting off the most important thing that my parents did and my dad did is even though. He was a, a Christian pastor and started this mega church. Um, they never pushed Christianity on me, never pushed religion on me. And people i people are very surprised when they hear me say this because it's like, wait, what? But I actually <laughs> never, I never considered myself religious and I never considered myself Christian. I just was never interested um in organized religion. I never was interested in the 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 Christian religion. Um and and my parents knew that. My parents knew they could feel that from me, that I just was not interested. And my, my parents were they they never uh met that with any sort of stress or worry or tension. They only ever let me explore uh, my own path and my I called I called them doorways in the talk. I said that everyone has a doorway into spirituality. Um, yeah. So like my parents, for example, their doorway was organized religion. They came up through organized religion. They came up in the Christian world. um, And then they eventually kind of matured out of the Christian world. And now they're just, you know, in a spirituality that's not affiliated with any specific religion. My doorway growing up was these, I had these really deep metaphysical questions. I had these, like, I was one of those kids that was like, why is there something rather than nothing? Like when I look around the world, (laughs) I see things and it makes more sense for there just to be like nothing. Why is there something rather than nothing? Um, What, what is, I was asking my dad questions about um, infinity. What is it? What does something, it mean for something to be infinite? Um, and then consciousness was always the thing that interested me most. There was the mystery of consciousness. There was this, there was trace. And then there was this awareness, this consciousness that was also aware of trace and consciousness. It's always here, but I can't put my finger on it. Um, I can't, it's like, I can't describe it. I can't locate it. Um, there was all the consciousness always fascinated me. So these, I had these like deep kind of questions and was, and was reading, um, sort of denser, deeper material when I was younger and interested in a lot of things that weren't, you know, associated with like organized religion. And my parents only ever met that with an encouragement, with, uh, they would ask me questions about my questions. They would only, I, I talk about my talk, how the most important thing you can do for your kid is just constantly foster and encourage their curiosity. Because the, to be curious about the world, to be curious about this whole experience, that's a, that's a doorway into spirituality right there. And my parents, they only ever met my questions and my interests about the world with a with with a interest of their own and with an encouragement of my curiosity. They never got worried or stressed that I wasn't believing this particular um particular sort of framework of of Christianity. And the other thing was, I could feel my my. It was very interesting how my dad was a a, a pastor at this mega church that he started, but he kept the kids kind of separate from the whole Christian world. Yeah. Like he it people would like talk to me like, what's it like being a PK's kid? And I was like, it didn't even, re- that question didn't even relate to like register um, by the way, a PK's kid. What did, what did it, what was it like being a PK, um, a PK's kid? See, I don't even know the, the term, but the, when people would ask me about being a PK um, it didn't even really, which was means pastor's kid. Um, It didn't even really mean it didn't, the question didn't even really register for me. Cause it was like, I was so kind of like separate from the church and the organized sort of yeah. religious world. So I kind of it, people, kind of have the hear my story and think that we were like really like the kids were like really involved in the church, but we were kind of separate so that was the the most important thing to my parents did so when I talk to parents, um, a lot of parents I'm talking to don't want to give their kid they're kind of at this weird they're kind of at this weird crossroads it feels like to me where they 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 don't want to give their kid, they know that they don't want to give their kid the the organized religious structure and a lot of things that they were given. They also want to give their kids some sense of something greater, some sense of spirituality. Um, And so, but a lot of parents that they kind of get like, kind of fearful that like, oh, if I don't give them this, you know, framework or this, this structure that I grew up in, it's going to like lead them astray. And I'm, I'm really helping parents like, no, it's okay to just give them a, Give them a sense of spirituality by your own way of being. It's first off starts with you as a parent. Are you living your life in a way in which you're exuding all the things that you want to give to them? So if if you want them to have a sense of wonder and awe about life, a sense of curiosity, are you living your life first from that place? And then um, letting your, and then letting your kid find their own doorway rather than trying to force something on them, which can feel very scary to a lot of parents, but that's kind of the, the leap the, um, that's kind of the leap that I'm asking parents to make is, is.
0: Yeah. I, of- I love, I love that. And I love all the way at the very beginning of that, you said that your, that your parents ask you a lot of questions. And besides that, just being like really smart, I actually think that's a really good way to do what you're saying. Like if you're, if you're feeling like you want to share all your stuff, actually just stopping yourself to ask a question is just a really good tool as a parent, I think to, you know, step back and and not give your opinion.
1: Absolutely. I, a big part of my talk is, uh, call, it's called, uh, asking your kid questions about their questions. I say, let their, yeah. let their questions inspire your questions. And I talk about yeah. as a parent, you don't need to have all the answers to their questions. In fact, actually not having the answers can be actually the best answer that you can give them. I talk about how a lot of parents need to kind of die to this idea of being this perfect parent that has the answer to everything. Um, and yes. actually, you know, just telling, asking your kid, you know, why are you thinking that way? Or, you know, that's something that, that's something that I wrestle with too. Or that's something that humans have wrestled with, you know, for, for, for forever. Like when you, if uh, I have parents who the, their kid is asking them like, mom, what happens when we die? And it's like, rather than having like a specific answer, a better, a better um, sort of thing to give them is just like, you know, that's something that, what a, what a fantastic question. That's something that humans have been wrestling with. That's that's part of this whole kind of human life is that question. It's like letting your kid know that it's okay to, not have the answers to everything and explore these questions is actually how you let them kind of find their own doorway. Um, And then it builds this beautiful relationship of, uh, I call like a relationship of influence where their curiosity is inspiring your curiosity. Um, And that's one of the things I have with my parents. We have this beautiful relationship between us where we're constantly inspiring each other and, and, and letting our questions sort of inspire other questions. And it's this really beautiful back and forth flow.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So I um, am teaching a course coming up this fall called easeful motherhood. And it's all about how our job as mothers is to allow our kids to become themselves. And it's really one of the hardest things as a parent, (laughs) because there's, it's so easy to want to have, you know, it's not even purposeful to want to control. It's just, we know what we know. And like, we know what we, you know, we know what we're carrying with us. And so Really allowing other people to become themselves, I think, especially maybe family members, you know, is is work. It's like it's work to be done as a human, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's another huge part of my talk. I say that uh, I talk about how every spiritual journey is totally unique, and everyone's yeah. per, everyone's expression of spirituality is is unique because we're all these unique. Um, complex humans and our, our spirituality is going to look different. And I talk about how parents need to be comfortable with the fact that their kid's spirituality might look different from theirs. And a spiritual journey is only authentic. If the person is actually, you know, autonomous and going on it on their own, volition so i talk about how your kid's spiritual journey is their journey and not yours so it's kind of like i'm really trying to like just sort of like remove like let these parents just kind of take like a collective sigh like a like a collective breath and just like just relax a little bit you know like your kid your kid is going to have their own journey their own doorway it's going to be a unique expression you have me like in my family in the bell household who's teaching spirituality. Then you have my brother who's two years younger that never talks about spirituality. He's just an artist and he just kind of lives his spirituality through his art. Like even in yeah. the bell household in the same environment, there's so much variation. Like the way that spirituality blossoms and flourishes in each person is totally different. And that's a thing that we, that, that parents have to be comfortable with, which can be tough, but it's, it's just, it's part of life.
0: Well, yeah, I was, I know it's funny. That was going to be my next question. Cause I also have three kids. Um, So like, I think we're like, I'm well, I think I'm a little skewed behind your family, but actually our young, my youngest is the same as, as your little sister, I think. So, um, but it is, each kid is literally born a hundred percent differently in how they relate to all things, including spirituality, which it's, it's wild to see, um, and probably more work to facilitate right. And not have, have an answer, um, but it's so worth it. So good. I love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the most important things about when you create that environment of curiosity and exploration, you're letting every kid find their own spirituality. When you're, when you're kind of putting a confined rigid structure on them, then it's limiting them and kind of like, they're not allowed to, to find And We, we, and as a parent, you know, how much variation there are in, in kids and how each kid is totally different, even in the same environment. So that's one of the most important um, things about creating that environment of, of curiosity and exploration and, and, and freedom spiritually.
0: Yeah. And it's cool because even you as this, you know, the sibling notice how your brother totally expresses his stuff through his art, even though he probably, you know, isn't talking about it, which is, yeah, is just cool for humanity. Cause very often um, we forget about that. So I'm, sure that in your groups of parents that you've encountered, you've gotten some people who also are already affiliated with some sort of religion. So is there, are there any strategies that are different um, when that's the the truth? Like, did your dad, you, you didn't even have to go like in those years of the pastor time, you didn't even have to go to church. Like that wasn't part of how you were brought up
1: we we went to church, um, occasionally, but even when we had to go to church, it wasn't like we had to like go like sit and participate. We kind of got yeah. to just like go like in like the back room, like in, like the, like the pastor's room and just kind of like, you know, play Pokemon or something. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> very, very spiritual, <laughs> very spiritual. No, po- Pokemon was a huge part of my journey. I love Pokemon. Um, uh, uh, so the most, so, so parents that are part of still affiliated with a certain religion, I think the most important thing, Um, for them. And the thing that I tell them is how is that, how is that thing that you're associated with? How is that making you a better human, making you a better parent? If you're communicating, if you're communicating to your kid, why this works for you, why this makes you have, uh, why this makes you a more loving person, a more compassionate person, live a more vibrant life. That's the most important thing, because as a parent, you're setting the example for your kid and your kid is picking up energetically what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So if your thing, if your structure you're affiliated with um, is making you, you know, more dogmatic, more judgmental, kind of taking, diminishing the spirit of life for you, your kid is going to pick up on that. Um, And that's one of the things I could pick up on as a kid with my parents um, I could feel that the, the organized sort of Christian structure wasn't working for my parents. It wasn't giving them life. And that's one of the things that turned me off to it. Um, I could feel though that my, my parents ex- exploring spiritually in other areas was making them, uh, making them better humans, making them better parents. And I could pick up on that as a kid, like kids can feel that at a really young age. It's like, even it's pre-verbal, like you're, it's not anything the parent is actually like saying to the kid, it's just an energetic sort of picking up that the kid is sort of, um, registering. So for parents that are still part of a a structure and still want, um, still affiliated with some, some sort of specific, um, sort of religion or structure. Um, I just, I just tell them like how, how make sure your kid is picking up on the fact that's, that's really benefiting your life and making you a better, um, better human. And I, I tell those parents that it's important to rather than pushing that structure on your kids, just communicating to them that, this is why this works for me. And this is why this is a positive thing in my life, because then your kid isn't having something pushed on them. They're just seeing, oh, this is something that, that really helps mom or dad and is making them a better human. And then your kid has their own choice to, to choose that. Um, so that, that's really what I focus on with parents that are still part of something um, yeah. is I just focus how, how are you setting the example through that?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because um, I come from a family who still goes <laughs> to a church, not like my parents. And, um, you know, like n- literally, like nothing, like it, it gives them so much joy. And I can see that. And when I was little, it was a very stressful thing. Like it was like stressful to get out of the house. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it wasn't the best day of the week. Like there wasn't, it was interesting. Like, and, And they talked sometimes about the people there in not nice ways. And (laughs) I just like, couldn't figure out, like it was just, I couldn't figure it out. And I actually kept going for a while when I didn't even have to. Um, And then at some point for me, it was actually like inside, like being inside like a walls was not my connection to spirituality. Like in the end, I ended up marrying someone who loves to be outside, and I was like, oh my God, like I feel what I was trying to feel all those years so much more like when I just have my feet on the grass. Um, and so like it finally clicked for me. But it's interesting because we do pick up those little things as kids. Um hundred percent, even if it, you know, our parents are thinking it's giving them joy, which it may, right? But we can pick up those little pieces in ourselves, maybe even.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kids, kids are super intuitive and kids really pick up on stuff. And that's what I, I continually remind parents is like, your kid is picking up what works for you, picking up on what works for you and what doesn't work for you. I did for my parents. Um, I could even feel when my parents would like tell me, they would tell me sort of like, it was, it was very rare, but they, occasionally they would tell me sort of like Christian sort of like rules and like kind of like sayings. And I could feel mm-hmm. the energy of like, they were doing it out of obligation and feeling like they had to do it. Um, And I could just feel as a kid, like I just totally turned me off. I could feel like they were, they were doing it because they felt like, you know, we were bad parents if we didn't give this to our kid. And like, what a, it, it, it didn't feel like it was coming from the heart and it didn't feel like it was coming from a place of joy at all, or a place of inspiration at all. And that was one of the things that just really sort of like turned me off. Um, so I, I love that story you, t- you tell. And and, and, yeah. and I, I love what you mentioned about going outside and going out in nature, because that's a huge spiritual practice. And now as we, as people start to um, sort of develop into the spirituality that isn't affiliated with religion, religion oftentimes has the rituals and the the structure and the the things you go to weekly, going out in nature is a fantastic sort of ritual and a fantastic sort of, and you as a, can be a very communal experience if you do it with other people, with a family. Um, you see, we're seeing the the definition of church sort of be kind of like redefined and like church looking. Church isn't just going into you know a place with the walls and and you know worshiping something on a stage. It actually can be going out in nature and having a different kind of experience. So I, I just yeah. love what you mentioned there.
0: Well, and and two things. I mean, actually, I have three thoughts from that. Number one okay. is that it's interesting because I know there's people listening who actually really probably love their religion. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us would agree that that's great. Like that's totally fine. And the, the piece is, is that maybe your kids won't someday. <laughs> and so just to respect that and absolutely learn from your kids and ask lots of questions. And I can say as a mother that I learn so much every time I ask my kids questions, not that it's necessarily going to change my mind, but I believe that they were brought here to teach us things as well. And so you know, that's where the questions are so, so useful. So I I know that we both feel that way about everyone listening in their religions. Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say It had something to do with that, but I'm not remembering what, um, oh, the rituals. So rituals, I think are so, I, I talk a lot about rituals here because I like creating my own rituals and Then And that's such a great thing to model, you know, because now my kids all have like their little rituals that they do, not at all to do with necessarily spirituality, but just like that idea of showing up to things of like going out on a morning walk, like having your tea outside, like just like consistent check-ins is just, is so helpful and helps make, connect us to our own spirituality, I think.
1: Mm, absolutely yeah and my I, I meditate every day my meditation practice has been the biggest practice on my my spiritual journey um it's yeah. I I'm going out in nature as well um uh, exercising uh that yeah it's I've had to find my own I I was, never was really involved with the church and the church was never never gave me that um so I had to find my own sort of practices and rituals spiritually that really really, I could do day in and day out that really sort of grew me and allowed me to deepen. Yeah, I love style. that.
0: You, I love that you just said exercise because I I think we forget like our like just I think the reason that outside was so important for me was because I needed to like connect my body to spirituality, which I mm. hadn't necessarily seen in like the the religion that I grew up in. So like I hadn't like understood my body spirit connection. Mm, um, yeah. And that's, so that that's
1: was, one of the, one of the most important, but oftentimes overlooked aspects of spirituality is this yeah. this vessel, this vessel that we're experiencing the world through, um, and, and connecting, exercising and connecting to your body. I mean, I find every time I exercise, it moves the energy from my head down into my body. Um, yeah. and gives me a, a deeper connection with my body. And, and I talk about, um, my dad and I did a talk called, uh, uh, the, uh, what was it the body and body and us no we did time and us and then there was i forget the title of it a body in you a body within you or something like that and we talk about how um the body is actually something that's unfolding within awareness and the body is actually a process that unfolds within you but there's this really interesting paradox that um, the the by feeling at home and most connected to our bodies by feeling most at home in our bodies is actually how we realize that our bodies is a process unfolding in us in 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 awareness um, and it was this we we had a lot of fun sort of talking about how act like actually this 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 spirituality um so oftentimes spirituality is talked about like transcending the body and kind of like you know this this like sort of transcend it, but actually it's actually about coming into the body first. And it's actually about living yeah. from the body first before you can do any of that. So I love that sort of paradox of spirituality that actually I'm feeling most at home in these vessels is how we realize that we, our identity isn't just confined yeah, to just that. these vessels.
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, which is going to segue perfectly into my next thing. But before I do that, I do remember my third thought, which is what's interesting. And so for anyone, I feel like I know you and your dad's work pretty well. Cause I listen to the podcast every week, but for anyone who doesn't know Rob's work, you know, you both, you and your dad are quoting the Bible all the time. So it's like, so it's, you've separated religion from text, which is kind of cool. So for anyone listening, who's like, who is this dude? I just want to <laughs> point that out. Go listen to them first. Cause it's, it, for me, it was actually very healing mm. um, to find your dad because um he did separate out those things. And so there was like little pieces and phrases that I had heard a lot and I kind of liked, but I didn't want to like them because I didn't like the whole like structure that they were part of. Do you know what I mean? And so actually like listening to that was just like, oh, like it's okay that I liked those words. And there's like a different context that I can take them in and like them and listen to them and have them part of my life.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I, ha- I actually had a similar, similar experiences. I didn't really kind of wanted nothing to do with the Bible. I was like, Oh, that's just like, that's just so it was so associated with Christianity to me that I just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and then I, I remember really, um, recently really discovering what was at the heart of those texts and that you could actually yeah. read those texts. And those, those, those texts were actually pointing to a truth that wasn't affiliated with any specific religion. And Jesus had this wisdom and these teachings that were just, universal and didn't have, you know, they didn't actually have anything to do with Christianity, the religion. Um, yeah. so now it's, it's very funny to me. It's, it's super, if you would have told me a couple of years ago that I would be teaching about quoting Bible verses, I'd be like, what, what happened to me, you know, but I, but I, but I, it's because I've matured and sort of, uh, sort of the Bible speaks to me in these ways that aren't affiliated with a specific religion. So it's been this really fun kind of discovery for me of like, oh, that's what this was pointing at it's, at the whole time. So um, I, I love that you mentioned that because that's been, yeah, it's been yeah, really yeah. fun for me. And, and totally yeah, I, I
0: had your dad and I had art school because at some point, so I went to, I'm a designer by trade before I started this whole thing. And so at some point we had to like redesign the typography of the Bible or something. And, mm. uh, you know, and and I was like, wait, what? Like why are we doing this in this like, you know, hip atmosphere? I'm like, why is anyone pulling this up? So those two things, like those two things clued me into like, oh, there's like story and like there might be a better way to do this. And it just got laid out in this way because at the time there was no printing. Mm, um, I love which is that. so interesting. Yeah. All right, so you alluded to time, which is what we talk a lot ar- about around here, and so I definitely want to get your take on that while we're here. So, I say a lot. Well, first of all, you know, I I you, trace is like landing on the podcast, probably not knowing a super mu- super much about what I teach. But um, so I just want to tell you two things. Like one of the reasons um, that I do what I do is so that. You know, women can come into balance in all the things that we spend time on and really think about that sort of proactively. So, we talk a lot about planning wellness and food. We talk a lot about lifestyle stuff, which includes, you know, mothering, parenting, home, all those things. And we talk about how work plays into that. And I call it flow. So, the O stands for OM, which for me is spirituality. And I've just noticed over and over again with hundreds of women that really what we need to be doing is creating like more space and more mm. time and that that seems to be the thing that makes the biggest difference <laughs> over like any decluttered house and any work goal met and you know any wellness goal met it's like the more space we create the more magic that happens and that literally goes against everything that we're taught and everything that we are seeing everywhere it's like you know more, 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 do, 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 like busy is a badge of honor. You know, these are all the things that we're just consumed with. And it makes it hard to do things like ask our kids questions about spirituality because we don't have the time to even know that we're supposed to be doing that. So I love, love, love hearing you and your dad's conversation about time. So I don't even know where to start unpacking that in the 15 minutes or so that we have. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are on time and like where, where, what you would like to tell parents about time.
1: So I, I love everything you just said. And I think I would start with, with saying that, uh, culturally we are a lot culturally we are in this paradigm that has this scarcity mindset when it comes to time. So you, and you can see that through the the phrases that a lot of people use. Like I, I carved out time, you know, I stole some time for this. Like I. Um, I made some time for this. It's like time is this like valuable, scarce resource that we have to like, even the metaphors are kind of like violent. Like I carved, I had to carve out some time. We have this <laughs> idea about time that it's this limited resource um, and it's scarce. And we're, and we're, and a lot of people are locked into this paradigm of that. We have, we, we are only exist for this one life. We just have our, our identity is just these bodies. We're just born into this world. And we just live for however, you know, 80, 90, 100 years, and then it's done. And then we, ha- we have a limited time on earth. Um, and I find this a very depriving narrative and a, a, a narrative that, that deprives us of the beauty of the present moment. When we're when, when time is viewed, viewed as a scarce resource, oftentimes the, the present moment, the now is sort of used as a vehicle um, to sort of try to guarantee a future or try to fix this thing or try to solve this problem. And it's like, the 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 uh, profundity and the beauty of the now is never actually fully acknowledged because it's, the now is constantly being used as this vehicle. Uh, so I love I love kind of messing with people and 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 talking because um, this this always people are always like wait well huh when I talk about how um, we don't actually we don't actually experience time. Time is actually a concept that we use to conceptualize this now moment. We only ever experience the present moment. We only ever experience the now moment. Uh, any, any thought, the past is just created by a thought that occurs right now. If, I'm, if I think about the past, it's just a thought that's occurring right now. If I think about the future, it's just a thought that's occurring right now. We can never actually escape this now moment. And the past and the future ac- actually exist within the now moment. And even neuroscience is, is catching up to this. Neuroscience is, is showing how um, the flow of time is actually a cognitive construct that our minds create, um, to make sense of, to, to put things linearly and put things together, um, in time. Uh, so, but I, 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 a lot of people live their lives with this sort of like backdrop that there's this linear time. There's this linear model of time where there's past to future and this, it's limited and they, they exist within this limited, um, sort of linear model of time and they're moving from left to right on this timeline. And what I, I, what I try to help people do is actually um, it's only ever been now. And that, that whole model of time, we don't actually experience time moving. We don't experience time moving from left to right. We don't experience this temporal flow of past to future. We only ever experience now. And all we know of time is what's occurred right now. So I just try to have people step back from like rather than feeling like they're this and I I know we're recording this audio so they can't see this 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 uh imagery I'm doing right now but rather than that they're this like little speck with this like backdrop huge backdrop of time actually this huge backdrop of time exists within this now moment Mm. this this spec right here so I kind of like try to like visually take people from feeling like there's this whole sort of thing back here to actually that whole thing actually exists within the now and you've only you in your life, you've only ever been um, present. You've only ever known this now moment. Um, and I find, I mean, we could talk hours on this, but the the implications this has for who we are, um, what we know about the world, are very, very um, profound. Um, so I, I love that episode that we did with my dad. It's called "Time and Us," by the way, on the Robcast, because we talk about yep. sort of sort of the sort of the, the cultural paradigm of of time, and then I get really uh, sort of metaphysical and talk about the now moment. We tried to combine a bunch of different things, but uh, we had such I, a I loved
0: out. it. We we actually linked to it a few episodes ago from when this is going live, because I talk a lot about how um, planning, which is what we, we talk a lot about in here, but planning is just a gift from our past self to our, our future self so mm. that we actually have space in the now moment. Mm. Because I see that that's the... That's really the gift in planning. The gift in planning isn't that we know everything and it's like we're creating more of this linear. The gift is that we're we're creating space. So or, or like we're creating space for goals so that if we know we want to build something, we're like creating space so that we can come into the now moment and build it, which we forget that like otherwise, life just especially as a mother <laughs> with like all the things, just and I'm sure for every human, just can be so reactive to all the things around us. So I talk a lot about that same exact model um in that way that and and how planning can really help us land in the now with the space that we need.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. And I I I, I talked about in the podcast, and I, I I reiterate to people that it's not that the the concept of time is very important. Like yeah. the fact that I knew that there was a time that I was going to meet with you over we were going to record this. Like having a concept of a past and future is really important. It's when yeah. the, the concept becomes this like thing that becomes oppressive and this concept gets taken as an actuality. And there's a very yeah. interesting paradox. It's actually when we live more in the now, it actually gives us a better handle on time. We're more present when we're more clear, when we're more lucid in this now moment, then we can better deal with the past, better deal with the future. Yes. Um, and it's so it's this because people would, would hear some of the stuff that my dad and I would talk about. And they'd be like, wait, so you're saying like, like, I, I shouldn't think about time at all. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's actually just recontextualizing time and reframing time. Time is still a very important concept. It's just not an actuality. It's not this looming, sort of scarce monster in the background. Right. Um, Cause
0: and when we grasp on it so much, and we can do this with our kids, right? Same thing. Like when we're grasping on their time, it's probably even worse. And we make it so that we can't move. Right. Hmm. So if time is supposed to be something that we're like fluidly moving within the now, like we we can get ourselves so freaked out about the future or like you know, dwelling on the past that literally when we're here, we can't move into the thing that we're wanting to do.
1: Absolutely. And then we ag- aren't able to effectively deal with time when we're sort of, right. fro- when, we're, when we think frozen. about time and worry about time then it actually lessens our ability to, to help deal with time because then we're frozen yeah. in, the, in the now. So by living more free in the now by living more present, that actually helps us deal with time. I love the paradoxes of spirituality because I think paradox is such a beautiful thing. And That's one of my, my favorite things about time is by actually living now is actually how we better deal with time.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think your dad shared another one of his pet peeves on that episode about time, which is quality time with kids. Yeah. Oh which like is so true. And since we're talking about parenting and I hit that all the time, like we think as parents that we, that quality time means more time, or we associate it with things that are more complicated time-wise, right? Like quality times means we have to like go to this place for eight hours and we have to like pack lunches to get, like we, we make things so complex. Um, and time is just time. And our kids love when we walk out the door and like lie on the grass with them, like, you know, Mm. and and we make it so complicated. So I love that, that I love that he pointed that out.
1: My dad had a friend that on on Instagram. My dad's friend posted a picture of him and his kids and like, just, just carved out some quality time with the kids. And my dad, (laughs) my dad immediately (laughs) called him and said, don't do that. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever. And he, and, then, and it was, it was awesome. Cause the guy was like, really, he's like, okay, yeah, I totally get it. I I'm, he was like totally receptive to it and actually really like welcomed it. But it was hilarious how like, there's certain things that really set my dad off. And like, he just saw that post and immediately called up the guy. And was like, don't ever do that again. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. What I, and, and I think it's, I think my, I think his, I think that's very profound. What, what, what my dad said about I, I cause I, I would, he, he clued me into the idea to this, uh, this idea that, that these metaphors of time, these, these violent metaphors of time are really saying something about how a lot of people feel um, about time and, and they feel like it's a scarce resource. Um, yeah. I thought that was he, he clued me into how that language was like pointing to um, how that's viewing it like a scarce resource, which has really helped me.
0: Yeah. And well, and actually that kind of ties this all back together as we come to a wrap, because what's super interesting and why we're teaching, I'm teaching this course in a couple of weeks with my mentor actually, is that on easeful motherhood is that, you know, I think a lot of time, a lot of times, a lot, often we, we associate even parenting or mothering as time that we're having to take to do things. And I happen to have spent a lot of COVID um, with a child in somewhat of crisis. And time has never, I, I had to stay so present mm. and I have never felt that life I've never felt so much ease ever. Mm. Um, and so it was just like re-showed me like how my, like it was just showing me like in real life, it was like maybe the next level of my spiral of, you know, how really impactful that is. Um, because I don't think I've ever had a harder moment. I don't think I've ever f- been more present, and I, I really like felt my best that I've ever felt in all areas, which was so interesting to me.
1: Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, that's the one of the hardest the of spirituality. If you can boil down spirituality, it's living more in the present moment. It's being it's being yeah. more present in the now. Um, and I, that's beautiful. I love that.
0: And it helps so much, so much yeah. with parenting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I can, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, this is a, this is a super, super necessary tool for parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred
0: yeah. like percent. one of my yeah. favorite things to do whenever I'm feeling like I need to get like Uber involved and like I might have some real opinions about a situation is it's like, how can I just observe this moment? Like, how can I just pretend like I'm sitting on a cloud up above this situation, looking down at my kids and just watch? Um, Mm -hmm. which is a really helpful way to sort of detach on all the things that we were talking about today and just watch the present moment and ask good questions Mm. um, and all the things all right so what is the best way so you're gonna you're gonna keep running this course kind of but you're gonna you're gonna have a recording of what you've been teaching and then you're gonna take it to the next level is that true yep
1: Yep. So, so the, everything that that we just talked about was like material from that that first kids and spirituality talk that I've been doing. Um, I've been doing that one on Zoom, but now I'm going to record it just as like a long form audio that parents can listen to. Um, that's going to be up on my site in a little bit, um, and then I'm going to do the the next iteration because a lot of parents have been asking me like, okay, the stuff you've been talking about, Trace, is great. It's also kind of broad. We want to go more in specifics. Um, so I'm thinking about doing a um, focusing on sort of like pre-10, and then focusing on one for teenagers um, and talking about how actually parents could parent spiritually, um, based like for different age groups, like how it actually changes. And, and so that, that, um, the, f- the first audio will be up on my site. I'm um, at tracebell.com it's T R A C E and it's bell with three L's. So B E L L L.com. Um, so that will be up there. Um, there's a little kids in spirituality tab. And then I'm also doing a course called living the spiral, which is about the psychological development model called spiral dynamics. Um, which is all, which is using that, that model and that material to live a more whole integrated, um, aligned life and using that material on, uh, on, on our spiritual journeys. And you don't even need to know anything about spiral dynamics. Um, it's really about, uh, really about living a more, uh, more spiritual life and a more integrated life. Um, so those are, those are available on uh, my site, tracebell.com.
0: Awesome. And we will link that up in the show notes. And I imagine awesome. that the spiral dynamics helps anyone to be the person they need to be in order to parent the way that's going to be the most effective.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Spiral Dynamics is also a a tool I use for parents too. It's a very helpful tool just in all areas of life. Um, and my dad and I have done on the Robcast, we did a series called me, we, everybody back in the fall. Um, there's a four part series. So if, if anyone wants to know uh, more about Spiral Dynamics or kind of get an introduction to it, that's a great place. Um, I really love what my dad and I did there.
0: Well, we will link to the podcast as well. So thank you so much for being here. This was so great. I hope that you had fun too, but um, oh, I had so a fun too. <laughs> it's so fun to learn um, and hear your perspective, um, the kid's perspective. It's so good.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is one of my, I, I've loved getting into this work and getting to meet incredible people and just have awesome conversations with them and people that that they want to talk about spirituality and parenting. has just been such a joy. Uh, they told me that college was the best years of my life, but the first year <laughs> out of college has been like infinitely more fun than, than, <laughs> than, than
0: college.
1: This is, I this love is that. I, I keep so telling actually,
0: I keep telling my almost college bound child that like, really, it just keeps getting better and better. And there's not really <laughs> one choice you can make, which is going to like affect it all. It's like, you know, yeah. it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you.
1: Thank you.